everybody, and welcome to Nerd Radio, your national nerd net radio direct. I'm your host, Nick. Here with me today is... is, is, is Nate. All right, so welcome to the new and improved Nerd Radio. Well, hopefully nerd, new and improved. I mean, it might suck, honestly. I mean, we're <laughs> really Full bad transparency. people. Full transparency here. <laughs> this might just all blow, and then it's just like, this is the last episode, everybody. Bye. Anyways, but yeah, we're super excited. Uh, we're switching it up a little bit. In the past, we've tried to do video games, movies, and uh, like nerd culture, whereas now we're trying to focus a little bit more on movies, TV shows, maybe some comic books, you know, book clubs in mixed in there um but mainly trying to focus there because we noticed that in nerd radio even though we were supposed to cover everything we kind of fixated on video games sometimes a little too much so now we have noob that's going to be kind of our video game show and then this is for more of the just nerd stuff and so that's kind of what we're trying to go for uh you can get a hold of us at our tx3 productions on instagram or sorry, ThreadX3 Productions on Instagram, at TX3 on TX3 Productions on Twitter. Sorry. See, like I said, this is our last episode. I'm going to be like Ricky Gervais. I just don't give a f- Oh, dude, that's, <laughs> that was good. Like, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, our ThreadX3 Productions on YouTube, where we are coming out with you know a video version of everything and our audio version on ThreadX3 Cast. So if you just want to hear everything from us, you can subscribe to that and you get all the audio versions of everything we do. All right, so let's get into our first segment of the day. It's a brand new segment, This Weekend at the Box Office. All right, so this time, usually we're probably only going to kind of go over the first, like, 10. You know, if there's anything above 10 we might talk about it if it's if it makes sense to but in the most in the most part we're just going to talk about like the top 10 you know what they're making yada 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 so at the top we have number one star wars episode nine the rise of skywalker um last week it was also at number one looks like the gross for this weekend was 34 million uh we'll say 34.5 million um, and this so is looks, for the weekend of January 3rd to the 5th. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, where is that? That's it's a very good point. Top. <laughs> very top. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's where it says it. It says it right there. He is correct. So this is the first week. Uh, weekend. Of, uh, anyways, <clears throat> it's in 4,400 theaters. Um, it looks like it's having an average of, wait, what does that mean by average? I don't know. So that part. I average was... theater or average or per theater average gross. Okay, so it's saying out of those 44, the average is 7,800. Okay, so which brings the Star Wars total to 451 million. You know what? That's not a billion. So it's obviously canceled. I mean, cancel it. Too, cancel too bad it. They had so many more planned. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two was uh, Jumanji, the next level. Uh, looks like that one grossed twenty six point uh, two million. Uh, it was also at two last weekend too. Uh, 
Let's get to the big number, 235 million. Um, you know, I could have swore it was this one, but maybe it was a different site that I looked at. But they actually, there's another site that I looked at that actually said what the um, um, what the budget global? was. The oh, budget. The budget. Um, yeah, it what, should be on here. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's what I mean. Like, that's what... Um, I don't think it's this one. So maybe next week we'll have a, a better list, but we're going yeah. with what we have. Uh, number three, Little Women, which apparently um, uh, Hermione's in that, right? What's her name? Emily uh, no, not Watson. Emily. Um, yes, actually, Emily Watson. I think that is actually right. <laughs> You're trying um, to be like, actually. <laughs> actually. <laughs> so that grossed in $13.6 million with a total of $60 million. Um, that seems good considering like that seems like a movie that they probably made on 20, 30 million probably. I mean, other than it's a period piece, there's not a lot, you know, um, last weekend it was at four. So it actually came up, came up one good for, good for Emily Watson and the rest of them. Uh, number four is frozen Two coming down from number three, uh, with a total of 11.8 million. And a total gross of four hundred and fifty, uh, which once again not a billion, totally canceled. Now <laughs> episode episode nine is close to a billion worldwide. It's about nine hundred and twenty-seven. So by the end, by this coming yeah. weekend, it probably will hit a billion. But that That's is something true. to That's note. True. That, that is kind of an interesting t- statistic to note. The Frozen Two has been on, on the list for seven weeks. It's now. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., grossed 450 million, and Star Wars, which it's it's not a surprising, but it's kind of an interesting metric. No, definitely. Episode nine has been on the board for three weeks and has grossed 451 million domestically. Yep. Yep. So, so I mean, yeah, but that's a that's a good point. Yeah, it's been on here seven. It's had seven weeks to make all this up. Now, granted, you could say, you know, it's an animated, so only kids are going seeing it. But I would, I would argue differently, you know, because obviously, like my wife had to go with my kid, and, like she couldn't go by herself. So, yeah. uh, number five, uh, it's its first weekend, so not looking too good. No, nope. uh, The Grudge only made eleven point four million. Uh, it was only in twenty six uh, hundred theaters. So, eesh. Yeesh, indeed. This one, this one's got bad reviews. This is one of those yeah. that's like, hey, you just need to let it die. <laughs> yeah, let it die, let it die. <laughs> Don't wanna uh, be alive. There you go. Got there it. you go. Okay, back. There you go. All right, six. Uh, spies in Dis- Oh, this is the Will Smith animated one. Yep. Ah, oh, okay. So uh, number. It came down from number five, so somehow Grudge <laughs> beat this out. <laughs> I guess people were tired of it's animated new. stuff, so yeah. they decided to go see something gory. Um, so, anyways, uh, Spies in Disguise made ten point three million with a total of forty seven million, um, and that's the second week. So, yeah, that's kind of really low. I mean, especially for someone as big as Will Smith. 47 million in two weeks like i'm not sure uh number seven knives out so this one's going strong especially considering it's been on here for six weeks uh grew 8.9 million with a total of 130 million so that's really cool um i feel like this one's get this one isn't this one getting like Oscar and Golden Globe buzz this is one of those i don't know the uh critical 
uh, praise mm-hmm. per se that it's getting, but a lot of people are saying that this is one of those like this movie's getting uh, Ryan Johnson out of the Last Jedi stink. <laughs> like it's like oh he's Never. not bringing him Never. back. It's not bringing him back, but it's like oh this is one of those oh this is the kind of movie that Ryan does. Right. So yeah. yeah, I mean 130 million over six weeks is it bad, especially for a movie that no one really. A asked for and just kind of was thrown out there, not really hyped true, up. True. So I mean, that's that's good. That's decent. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Uncut Gems, down from number seven last week. This has been out for four weeks, made a total of thirty six point five million, which is probably good in this particular case because this is definitely a movie that was made on a couple million, maybe ten, fifteen, maybe twenty million. So. I could definitely see this like doubling and especially all the buzz around it. You know, I, I could see this, you know, doing pretty good. Uh, number nine, Bombshell. What the heck is Bombshell? Bombshell is the one about Fox. Um, a group of women take on Fox News head <gasps> oh, Roger Ailes and the toxic right. atmosphere. Oh, man. As uh, J- John, Lithgow. John Lithgow. He's got like a nice fat suit going. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that one made four million with a total of twenty four point five million um, over yeah, four that's weeks. Kind of, yeah, over four weeks. That kind of seems, you know, that seems normal just because of just. I mean, yeah, look at it. It's a it's a bio flick. It's really serious. So yeah, uh, at number ten, down from eight, cats. Probably the best movie of the year, honestly. Oh my People god. go see this, please. Oh my god. So memories <laughs> all alone in the moon. So for life. this weekend alone it grossed uh 2.6 million. Mm. It been on the board for 3 weeks and has grossed a total of 24.7 <laughs> million dollars. Oh. Let's talk about how much of a failure this is the budget for this the, film. But what like 195 plus billion. million. 95 million. million. So, so it, it hasn't even come close nope. to that. And, and for, uh, I, I didn't see it, but we had a friend over last night that did. She's from it New York. It went gold too soon. That was the problem. There you go. She's from New York. She saw the play, saw this, and she goes, uh-huh. I'm glad I was drinking while watching this because it was terrifying. It was yeah. terrifying. So I, this is a movie I will not see. I don't plan mm-hmm. on it. Maybe if I can get it for free on Prime, I'll try it out. Yeah, but I'm not going to yeah. pay to see this movie. It just looks like a, like a abomination. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some things like there's a, there's one part I was watching um, somebody's review on it and I happened to see something. Um, but one thing they do, somebody does talk about or a lot of the reviews talk about is that the CGI is a little off. So like if they move to the left, move to the right, crisscross, like the CG won't exactly match up. And so there's this one point where um, Jason Derulo does this move where he's like, you know, he does like a little side thing or whatever. And I freeze framed it and his whiskers were like kink. Oh, no. They're like off to the side. And I'm like, now I see it. I physically see it. Because there was a couple of times like they're they're zooming in on the feet and they're saying that the feet are going through the floor like in a video game and I'm like I'm not seeing that but then I freeze framed with there and his whiskers were just kind of like a little askew and I'm like okay now I see it now I see it um you know honorable mention here I'll have to say is uh number 11 Ford versus Friari uh reason that's an honorable mention is because you know that's eight weeks in and it's still making a uh it's still making um 
1.7 million? That's nothing to shake a furry stick at. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the kids say now, right? 109 million, <laughs> almost 110 million over eight weeks isn't bad either. I mean, it's 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 a yeah, good it's definitely. a good cast. You've got Matt Damon and Christian Bale. I mean, for a biopic, yeah, really yeah. good for the for making that much money off of a biopic. Like think about it, like Green Book. Green Book didn't make no 100 million dollars. I'll tell you that much. No. So, so yeah, real good, good, it's good, it's good. Uh, so moving on we got a couple of headlines that we can go over um so first off confirmed not confirmed sort of confirmed not really confirmed but maybe confirmed (laughs) christian (laughs) yeah yeah, you're not wrong there christian bale is in talks to be cast in thor love and thunder slash thor 4 um, mm-hmm. Which, of course, is leading a lot of speculation of people saying, who is he? Is he going to be Beta Ray Bill? Is he going to be... I th- mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think from... A, at least from speculation and kind of his past performances with him, not necessarily being a character actor, but being a very sol- like very in-depth method actor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of people think that he's going to be um, a more non-human character. Uh, so there's a lot of speculation okay, yeah, people think yeah. he's going to be. So I think that would be a honestly great pick um, for Christian Bale to be in the movie because it's one of those that you're adding, I don't want to say more credibility, but you're adding a seasoned veteran actor, known method mm-hmm. actor who, mm-hmm. who I mean, it's he, of course he's got bad movies, but it's one of those more often than not, it's good. Cast in a movie, another Thor sequel with Taika Waititi directing it, it's like okay, this is a rest. Right. This seems like it's a recipe for excitement, to be honest. So um, indeed, there's that. There is that. So we got to talk about the Golden Globes. I mean, mm-hmm. definitely. I'm not going to talk about necessarily all of the winners, but the biggest takeaway is wait, f- wait, 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 wait. We don't get no damn chicken dinners. No, no winner, winner, chicken dinners in this. Damn it. Um, so the biggest one, at least the one that got the most headlines was Joaquin Phoenix. Bless you. Thank you. Um, won best actor for his role in How the many Joker. people are around? Hold on, hold on. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. How many people are around to really understand our inside joke? <laughs> Probably not a lot. I don't Pro- think there's a lot. I mean, if anybody's really interested in the backstory is... Um, Joaquin Phoenix, and then we always say, bless you. The The backstory is, I think one of us, probably me, if we're being honest, made a joke about how it sounds like you're sneezing when you Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. So, so there it is. <laughs> it, they, that age-old question, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's somebody, there has to be somebody on, why do they keep doing that? Because we bring up Joaquin Phoenix. Bless you. A lot sometimes, and I mean, especially when he was talked about being the Joker, we brought him up a lot. So there has to be somebody out there like, why? Why do you keep doing that? So there, mystery solved. Go on, sir. Yeah, so the Golden Globes in general, with the speeches, met with a lot of either criticism or just like interest, because Joaquin Phoenix... Bless you. uh, ...came and did a kind of crazy acceptance speech you know it wasn't i don't think it was as the joker but it was one of those it was very kind of off the cuff and then the main takeaway apart from the other you know there was other winners and nominees but the two main takeaways from the golden globes was that and my boy ricky gervais Mm -hmm. who not only 
went the gambit, called out Tim Cook from Apple for making a show, uh, making a show about like a bad workplace when they have slave labor in sweatshops <laughs> and like the camera cut to him. Um, oh, he, he yeah. then had, <laughs> he then <laughs> brought up cats. It was talking about James Corden being a fat pussy. <laughs> and then talk, <laughs> talked about Dame Judy Dench licking her ass. The seasoned Shakespearean actor, actress. So it's <laughs> stuff like that. But my favorite part, which everyone was talking about is he 100% called out everyone in that room and was basically like, and, and go watch the video. Cause he says it perfectly, but he basically is like, look, you know, because the whole Iran thing's going on right now. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, no one cares about your opinion. You don't know more than anyone else. Get your, like, come up here. Get your get little your award, award. And then sit the f*** back down. No, he says, you know, f*** off. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's what the Brits do. They're like, f*** off. Like, bag her off. <laughs> yeah, so it's one of those that's like, it's like, just don't be political. Don't get yeah. political. Just come up here and accept your reward. And so it's like, cool. And it's already you know, three hours long. <laughs> exactly. And then he made a lot of jokes about Netflix. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. He I, plugged I think himself. The Globes, <laughs> yeah, I think the Golden Globes you should have a lot see, of eyes. You should, you should watch Afterlife. It's a really good yeah. series about a guy <laughs> yeah. who wants to kill himself. <laughs> He's like, and yet it's still more entertaining than this. <laughs> <laughs> He's like by the t- he, he was like by the time this is over you can binge the whole season of Afterlife you should see it it's a great show it's like yeah. ah, you <laughs> oh. oh my god um, I think one of the other one of the other ones that were like my favorite joke um, is when he was announcing like I think it was like best drama or something about horror and he brought up Bird Box which is about you know, people pretending they can't see anything like well, all you did with <laughs> Harvey Weinstein and people kind of grow. And he's like, you did it. Not me. You. <laughs> yeah. And then we brought up Epstein. He was like something about killing himself. He was like, just like Epstein didn't do. Oh he yeah. Was that, like, he was talking about afterlife. Friend. He was, he yeah. was talking about afterlife. Yeah. He was like, I know he's your friend, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it, was just, it was funny. It was really, really funny. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it definitely makes you wonder how much of it is planned, how much of it is. Because, I mean, up to a certain point, you would think that they would want to stop. Okay, actually, I think my best, the best joke, um, there's a lot of good ones. But I think the best one in the sense of, like, pointing out the whole absurdity um, was when he brought up how Kevin Hart was supposed to be in the Golden Globes or, or was it the Oscars? Oscars, right? Uh, that, is, that, one I didn't, that part I didn't hear. Well, what was Kevin Hart supposed to host? Probably the, the Oscars. Oscars I think it was the Oscars. Okay, I think it was the Oscars. Anyway, so it was like last year or something, right? He was supposed to host the Oscars, but then he got in trouble for a bunch of tweets. And so then he was like, uh, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Gold And then half the crap he said on stage, let alone Twitter, you know, because he's gotten in arguments on Twitter and stuff. And it's, yeah, it, it was very poignant in the sense of like just the, the, the history of what he's talking about. Like the fact that Kevin Hart, you know, oh, you can't do this because you said some stuff on Twitter or whatever. And so, yeah. It's very much one of those that like he said what no one wants to hear. And yeah, I appreciate yeah. him for it because yeah. it's nice when people, especially in Hollywood, stand out and people who are revered in Hollywood because you have a lot of conservative um, actors and actresses that will speak out, but they just get quieted, basically. Like, they just shut mm-hmm. them down. But mm-hmm. you have someone who's Ricky Gervais who is with the echelon of the other, you know, uh, liberal Hollywood, and he's coming out and saying, hey, shut up. 
just do yeah. your job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like another good one that was, uh, you know, Mr. Joker himself when he got, you know, for best, uh, actor. best actor. Uh, I think Car- the coolest thing is that he took the time to actually say like, Hey, you know, stop taking private jets. You know, it's like, you want to talk about, you know, you want to talk about Australia being on fire. You want to talk about global warming. You want to talk about all these things, but you take private jets. And I was like, I felt that was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, cause he's, he's making a, he's making a point and it is sort of political in the sense, but at the same time, he's just like, Hey guys, stop taking private jets, you know? And in, in a sense, trying to basically tell everybody, stop being so full of yourself. Yeah. You know? And if anybody's going to say that, Joaquin Phoenix Bless you. is the one to say it. We're honestly getting, like, to go kind of a dark path here. We're getting to a really serious point right now in mm. terms of, like, not... I mean, of course, Iran's going on, which is a thing. But, I like, the ran, whole thing... The whole thing with... Iran so far away. <laughs> so bad the whole thing with like you said australia being on fire it's Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of crazy stuff we're getting so we're getting to the point where everyone as the as the human races needs to be like okay guys we need to chill (laughs) yeah yeah um the last thing we've got uh going on news wise (laughs) is the batman matt reeves is the batman looks like it started shooting started filming in london um a lot of set photos have been released with multiple um people in police uniforms with gotham and then Gotham, nice, like taxis, nice, nice, cop nice, cars. Nice. And with this, apparently there were some images of Colin Farrell um, on set and Matt Reeves himself came out and in a cheeky way on Twitter confirmed that he is playing the Penguin. Um, so we, I didn't actually see the photos of Colin Farrell, at least if they were there, I couldn't see him. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a specific first look, but um, I don't think we're going to see, maybe not until the end of the movie, uh, Colin Farrell turning into the the penguin, you know, the like the penguin. the the one we see, because this is definitely a big like, this isn't an origin story like we've had multiple times over. It's like year one Batman, which yeah, we haven't Batman seen on year film. one, yeah. So mm-hmm. a lot of these rogues gallery are just starting to appear. So yeah, um, cool. We talked about a little bit on our pre-show about Colin Farrell being the penguin. Um, yeah. He's honestly a good actor. I think he'll yeah, do definitely. great. Uh, my favorite Penguin performance thus far in any medium has been Nolan North from the Arkham games. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's like, man, all right, you got into that character, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. we'll see how he does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it because other than, you know, like you said, we discussed it before, other than the guy from Gotham, there hasn't really been a skinny penguin. Yeah. You know, so it's like, like you said, this could be year one, so he hasn't, like, gained the fat or anything like that. Um, I do have to say, as time goes on, I'm getting a little bit more on board with Robert Pattinson being Batman, you know, because it's like, okay, he's younger. I still would have preferred, like, someone like... Zach Efron or something like someone who's like freaking built who actually seems like he works out, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm getting a little bit more on board, maybe not fully on board, but it's like, I'm at least like willing to give him a shot. I think casting Pattinson was a good idea because it kind of reminds me of them casting unknowns uh, when Force Awakens was coming out with John Boyega and Daisy Ridley. Like instead of casting known actors to basically saying Robert Pattinson's not known. No, he is, but in the public eye, 
not so much. Like he's done a lot of films recently, but not mainstream films. A lot mm-hmm. of indie stuff. So he's not like Zac Efron is in everyone's mind's eye. He would just play Ted Bundy. He was in Baywatch. I mean, he's like it's one of those when you have these kinds of movies where they're known properties, but you want to give it a new spin. You don't right. want to put someone up front who's been in the limelight for years. You mm. want to bring someone who is either completely new and fresh, so you don't mm-hmm. have that. Like for, I mean. So you don't have that identity where, it, like, if it was Zac Efron, I'd be like, oh, dude from High School Musical is playing Batman. You know, you could say the same thing about the True. vampire from Twilight, but Twilight mm-hmm. has been so long ago that it's like, yeah. so it's one of those that I think it was a good casting, and especially if we're going with a year one, I think he's perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's the headlines. That's the weekend in box office. Let us know what you, what are your guys' takes on that. Our next segment, we're going into what you watching. So, Nate, what you watching? <laughs> <laughs> Which, first off, I think that's going to be the name of the segment because I love I love the segue into that. Um, so, I have been doing my due diligence, which is surprising if you've listened to us before. You know I slack on pretty much everything. What? Um, I am trying to get through things that I'm supposed to be getting through. I just... Slight video games that just finished the new Star Wars game, which I've been trying to do for weeks. Um, but as far as you know, binging, I'm in the process of getting through The Witcher, and then also finishing also up going to your Witcher. Witcher. Oh, oh, valley of plenty. plenty. Oh, valley of plenty. Yes, absolutely. When I saw the memes, I was like, "Oh, I bet it's going to be a banger." When I when I watched that episode of that scene happen, I was like, I was, "I'm getting goosebumps now, dude! It's mm-hmm. so good! It is yeah. so good!" Um, I'll get into that in a second, though. Um, so the main thing I'm doing right now is trying to finish Rebels, Star Wars Rebels. I'm about to finish season three, and then there's one more season left, um, and then I'm trying to finish that, and then I'm finishing witcher i'm on episode Mm -hmm. four right now um which i know i've had a lot of stuff to do so shut up (laughs) (laughs) but once that's done i'm probably going to go back and watch some of the more important uh clone wars arcs because Mm -hmm. that's that's big news is the clone war season seven is being released uh in february right so the final season of clone wars Mm -hmm. man it's it's one of those that uh, and we're going to get into this in our topic, but um, what they've done for their extra Star Wars content mm-hmm. is like, oh my God, like Rebels Rebels is like Clone Wars, where the first season was very much kitty. It was like, okay, and that's why I didn't watch it originally. Yeah, um, okay. Getting into the second season was like, okay, this is better. The season finale of the second season plays on... So, like plays on emotion so much in a good way that it's it's like some of the most important episodes from Clone Wars that people because Clone Wars to a lot of people is the best Star Wars content ever made yeah because right. it's so lore heavy and it's so it treats the property so well mm-hmm. and um are you gonna watch Rebels anytime soon I need to I definitely need to okay I'm not gonna tell I'm not gonna say it then the season, okay. the season two finale but it's one of those it's such an important moment especially if you loved Clone Wars it will mean that much more to you and, and that episode happened I'm like oh my god I'm in like mm-hmm. holy hell and so going forward season three has been phenomenal um, but yeah Rebels is one that I wish I watched when it came out 
Um, it, I'm ex- I'm excited to finish it because they're doing some really cool things. But big thing is we got to talk about Witcher here. Yeah, I'm got to talk about Witcher because got to talk about that Witcher. Yeah, what's what's your impressions on it? Like, obviously, so far because you're an ass who doesn't finish things. Ass. So I watched the first episode with my wife mm-hmm. and I had gotten her to watch it. Cause I said, Hey, everyone's saying that this is the game of Thrones replacement. Like they're, ah, God, you can't do that. So okay, why so, would you tell her that? Honestly, so, people shouldn't even be saying that. Like, it's just so far from game of Thrones. It's not even not going okay, on. So, go so on. not, not replacing it, but I've, I told her, I was like, a lot of people that we know have been like, Hey, this is filling the void that game of Thrones left. Mm. Like in a good way, and which I can agree with. So we watched the first episode. She wasn't into it, but it's also one of those that she's like, if it's over, it kind of has to be oversimplified in a lot of ways. If it's too complex and too like right off the bat, it kind of goes over her head, and it's like a it's like a over stimulation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not calling her dumb, but that seems like a really complicated way for me to call her dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I after watching the first episode, I was like, I liked that, but. I felt like I got so much exposition and information thrown at me that I am like locked up. Like I don't know what to do. And so mm-hmm. it took me about a week to watch the second episode. Um, watch the second and third episode back to back and was like, okay, cool. That's it. I'm in. Mm-hmm. And yep. what I love about the Witcher, and this is going to be a little bit of a walk. So grab some popcorn, sit down and enjoy. Um, <laughs> I think, the Witcher does fantasy much better than Game of Thrones. But the thing that's interesting... Hold on, hold on. I gotta go talk to a carpenter about a cross. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that's interesting to me is... uh, Witcher feels fantasy, but it feels real life at the same time. Like with Game of Thrones, you think of high fantasy kingdoms. We're not caring about the people. It's about the battle of the kingdoms. Like that's what it's focused on. Whereas the Witcher is following this character who's a part of a guild who is going from town to town helping people in a way. He's killing monsters. And it's very like the whole scene, which, you know, we'll, we'll talk up to where I've seen, obviously. So episode four, yeah. Episode four. So the scene... In episode two, when he's hunting the, the the intelligent creature, that meme I'd seen. And then when I watched it, I was like, okay, I get the meme. Um, but the whole thing about how it's like you heard before, the humans were like, oh, the elves went away to their golden castles. And you get that moment where they capture the Witcher and the Bard. And he's like, no, you guys are rewriting history. Like, you kicked us out. Like, we're in hiding. Like, we're dying. It, it, it's very, yeah. like, it's playing on modern like philosophical or social tropes in a non-liberal aggressive way like people get mad about star wars for that it feels like i'm watching real life people being affected by something in a fantasy world yeah and it's so satisfying and gratifying now the only complaint Mm. i have so far is the time jumping in at least in the first in the second and third episode like because i was confused. <laughs> it wasn't until the very end of episode two when, oh, it might've been three with the whole thing with the Striga where I realized the Yennefer scenes were in the past, like several years in the past mm-hmm. than what was on present. I didn't realize that until I was finishing the episode. I was like, oh, okay. That clicks. So is, that okay. Sense. Just to be clear, is the third episode when he goes to the king and queen that died in the first episode? 
No, the which by the way, I've seen up to the third, so I'm at episode four. So if anything happens in episode oh, four, don't spoil oops. that for me. Um, which is fine. It's whatever. I didn't really pay attention to what you said. Uh, <laughs> episode three is the one where. Um, Sorry, the way you were talking made it seem like okay. I'm confused now. Episode three is the one where he's hunting the Striga. At the beginning, you think it's like a werewolf that's attacking. The very oh, beginning. Sh- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I think so, I just spoiled four. Oh for no! You, it's fine. It's fine. Well, you um, said four. Okay. Nobody says four if they haven't actually seen four. They said th- you're an idiot. <laughs> it's fine. But uh, <laughs> so it was at that episode. Whenever, like, when they were showing the universe scenes, they were talking about um, the kid, or they were talking about the King Faltist, or whatever his name was. And I'm like, well, the Witcher's talking to like Geralt's talking to him as a as an, like what's going on and then it shows him as a kid i was like oh all the universe scenes are in the past like that was way before what's going on here like decades before do you know like, do you follow I, what i'm saying no i don't honestly at all i didn't even know that honestly i'd have to rewatch it because okay so i had no idea that there is a time difference there you know how in the third episode we discover that the reason that the thing that's killing everyone is the king's daughter right like he had had Lannister relations with his sister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so they're talking. Geralt's talking to him, or Geralt, Geralt is talking to him in the present day. And then whenever Yennefer, which by the way, that's another thing that's real as hell, is typically when you have those kind of fantasy scenes where it's like, I can make you pretty, or I can do this to you, but you have to give a sacrifice. You can't bear bear children. They don't ever show what happens. The fact that home dude clawed out like precisionly precisely cut out her uterus her entire uterine system burned it and then that's what made the pace that he put on her to for the magic was like Mm -hmm. oh that's okay that's but um the whole scene like after when she goes into the ballroom whenever she's pretty whenever he turns her Mm -hmm. from the hunchback you see the king and queen the the one that Geralt is talking to the one that has the daughter that's killing everyone okay. as kids. You see oh, them you as do? kids. Yes. How do you know? I mean, <laughs> because they I show a picture, they show a painting of them in this exact same outfits they're wearing at the ball oh. earlier in the episode. You see what I see, mean though? It's, it's, uh, I don't pay so much attention to that stuff. So that's probably why it went over my head. Well, I was so confused. I was like, wait, why are they talking about past tense with like, why are they talking about like this? And then they show it. I'm like, Oh, got it. All the Yennefer in the past. <laughs> okay. But that's what I'm saying. That's the only thing I don't like about it. First off is there's some stuff, which of course, if I would have played the Witcher, I mean, maybe I would have more understanding of some of the characters and yeah, time frames, maybe. but being a virgin into this series, mm. uh, it's kind of one of those. It's like, okay, this is all right. Like now that I understand that I, I'm going, okay. So it's, it's not a deterrent by any means, and I think it's probably one of the best video game adaptations, live action we've seen oh, so yeah. far. Other than for Castlevania, sure. for sure. Other than Castlevania, and the fact that Henry Cavill is is Geralt at this point, yes. like he's the one that was like, they didn't cast me, I casted myself. Like I was on their ass ever since they announced it that I wanted to play Geralt. Yeah, and I feel like he does a really good job as far as like his voice. It doesn't sound like forced. It doesn't yeah. sound like he's doing an impression. It sounds natural. And I feel like especially with that particular voice and the fact like how it sounds and everything, 
That would be the most difficult thing for him to do is to make it sound like it's not forced. And he does it really flawlessly. Yeah. Yeah, so, he, he yeah, does. It's, it's, it's funny that you didn't realize that there was a time difference until three. Because I didn't realize it until four, which I kind of just spoiled for you. Because, um, yeah, like, there's there's a whole scene where the people who die in the first episode, he goes and visits those people. So I'm like, wait, there's a time difference? And from that moment on, I'm like, wait, so when's this taking place? Like, there's definitely some some parts that are a little bit confusing. Um, but at the same time, um, I do feel like that is also something that they achieved, you know, telling a story that takes over, you know, takes place over decades without it being so overtly confusing. Yeah. You know, um, but it's funny because, yeah, I did not notice that in the third episode as far as like seeing them as kids or whatever. I do not remember that at all. Yeah. Like I just didn't catch that. It went completely over my head until episode four. And it's super obvious then. And you'll see it. And, you know, whenever you decide to freaking watch it, if you if you go back and watch episode three, pay attention to which I don't know if you will or not, but pay attention to the whole thing of Yennefer being picked like when they're doing the trying to figure out where to send her. Right. That's when it's like, okay, but Geralt is talking to them at the same time. Like, why? Why are you referencing him as a kid? And he's this old man. You know, right. so it's it's one of and those. And even that, then, like in that particular context, they might have said similar names. But one, I'm really bad at names, and two, they could have said the name, and I would have assumed that it's the family, not that particular person. So I think fair, you fair. know. But like you said, I would say that's the only negative about the entire series so far is the fact that there's a little time jumpiness. I hope. You know, this isn't a huge spoiler, but, you know, I hope that by the way Witcher ends, maybe season two won't deal with that anymore. Because I feel like season one might just be a really long prologue as to show you how Geralt became the way he is, his relationship with Yennefer, um, the, and the world, and the world itself, and everything. And so then season two hopefully will, will become a lot more um, chronological. Because the way yeah. it ends, you know, once again, no spoilers for you, you jackass. Um, but, you know, yeah, the way it ends very much, hopefully all the timelines have finally met up with each other and we're just going to be y'all good now, you hear? Okay, so hopefully. I really hope that because that's the only complaint because everything else, like I like the different creatures. I like, like the episode three, the one you're talking about, it ends up being the fetus essentially of the and it's like actually like dragging around its um, yes. umbilical cord yes. and actually using it to like choke him and stuff and this is like the Bull. attention to detail Bull. of the monsters like them actually showing the monsters in mm -hmm. detail is cool and it's like I said the complaints I have I'm not even going to hold against them because they have a monumental task of taking mm. of course I know it's from the books but you have such massive games like Witcher 2 and especially Witcher 3 that's so lore heavy and you're trying to explain to someone who you know for the most part you you know it but for people who haven't it's hard to under, understand and follow yeah. but it's because it's one of those that there's so much information they're having to get, give to you at the start yeah you know and that's why I'm saying the first episode overwhelmed the hell out of me but once I got past that I was like okay I'm in cool yeah yeah definitely I mean 
it's it's such a good one and it is interesting to see the critical versus the audience response to this you know it's always interesting to see that because there are, are there are plenty that critics and audiences can agree on like i feel like stranger things is probably an obvious one where mm-hmm. you know audiences and critics do seem to agree on that but then you have the witcher um let me check real fast yeah just i'm looking so to I see what rotten it. tomatoes is for yeah it. let well, if you're already looking, go for it. But I want to say the last time I saw it was about 56, but the audiences were way up in the 90s. So it's like there's such a disconnect. Yeah. And then, um, a lot of them also do have to deal with the fact that they have, you know, there's this monkey on the back and the monkey's name is Game of Thrones. Yeah. There's so many people, they compare it to it, they contrast it. And it's just like, I get it. I do. I really do. But being somebody who didn't give a crap about Game of Thrones, I can say that this is good, and I don't have to compare them. I don't have to be like, oh, well, Game of Thrones did this so much better. One thing I feel like The Witcher does so much better, at least for me, is that like I wasn't confused. You know, there were, especially in episode one, there was like one, you know, there was two main storylines going on. Geralt mm. and then Siri. the lady. Siri? Yeah, Siri. There were two main storylines that were going on. And so that was a lot more digestible. Versus episode one of Game of Thrones, you have Goobity-Gop and Schmirgadurgen and Flutie Duty and, um, you know, th- th- those people. You know, there are so many going on at the same time that literally the end of the first episode of Game of Thrones, spoilers! <laughs> The end of episode one of Game of Thrones has the two Lannisters f***ing each other. Mm. I had no idea they were brother and sister. No freaking clue. And it was because there's so many. You got the freaking the snows. You got the apparently one of them's a bastard, so he's not really a snow. And then no, you've got the you've got the Starks, and then you've got the snow. Starks, who's a bastard. yeah. Oh, okay, Starks. See what I mean? Yeah. Like there's so. And the thing is that, like I said before, I'm really bad with names. So it's like Snow Stark. You know, there's this big fat guy, and then and then there's this. So that storyline already has so many people inside it by itself. Then you go over to the the blonde girl, or I guess she's more white hair girl, and she Daenerys. You know, she marries Aquaman, and uh-huh. and there's there's that, and like we need to have a YouTube video. Hard stop. We need to make a YouTube video where Nick explains the entire time entire series of Game of Thrones. You have the white. I was. I mean, she might be white hair later. Mary's Aquaman, like Nick recapping Game of Thrones. That's incredible. You've heard it here first. That's gonna happen. I'm gonna make sure that happens because that's um, solid. Anyways, um, but yeah, but you have that storyline, and then you also have the Lancasters, and then they. they well, but my point is that there's so many storylines going on at once, it becomes very confusing, and so many of them like intermingle with each other, but are also separate. You know what I mean? Because we didn't even bring up the dwarf, you know? We didn't even bring him up and his whole whatever the hell that's about. You know what I mean? So, like, there's so many. Whereas, like, I feel like there's, there's, if we talk about, like, main, 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 main characters, not the ones that die in the first episode, wink, wink, um, there's, like, two. 
Because <laughs> all of the other ones are kind of just side characters. They end up dying by the end of the episode, so they're not really, really important. So you got The Witcher and you got Siri. Those are the two people that, by the end of the episode, those are the two you need to... And I feel like through the episode, through the first episode, it was very obvious that those are the two you need to pay attention to mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like okay this is the grandmother and she's married to this guy they end that up that was dying. the most confusing part to me was her storyline in the first episode because there was so much yeah. exposition and yeah. i heard a lot of the gobbledygook like you were just saying that's what i heard right in a lot of the exposition scenes see and that's funny because i'm the exact opposite at least for this one so maybe it's just mm. game of thrones i just don't like game of thrones and i have a bias against so them. coming that's from what it's really about <laughs> coming from someone who has seen all of game of thrones seen all the way up to conclusion would you say to completion to completion oh <gasps> As of right now, only three episodes into The Witcher, I feel like I will like this series much more than Game of Thrones. Now, that could also have a lot to do with, um, and don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan of Game of Thrones, but I think that the last season really ruined it for a lot of people. If it would have ended, if they found a way to end it, um, or if they either found a way to do a better season eight, or if it just ended with six or seven, that's whenever it was still peak Game of Thrones. Like, this is phenomenal. So we might be having a different conversation, but because of the way it ended and how it really just felt like years, 10 years kind of went down the drain in a lot of ways, even though this is just starting out, I love this world way more than I do Westeros, way more than I do the Game of Thrones world because it's so much more interesting to me. Yeah, and I mean, there might also be a little bit more... You know, since and I haven't uh, played The Witcher at all, so I'm not biased by that. Like, right? I'm but I was gonna say, but since you know it's a video game, like you know that there's this whole world you can get into, and so that's intriguing. You know, even if it's subconsciously, because it's like, you know, The Witcher got its peak um, congruent players On because Steam, yep. because this came out or whatever. And that's, so that's the biggest measure of success for this is this yep. is having people talk about it and getting an interest in the franchise. Going back to Rotten Tomatoes, um, the critics consensus is at 64 percent and the audience. Oh, score wow. Is so at it 90. went up. Good yeah, it, for them. <laughs> audience is at 93. What the critics say, the consensus is the world of Witcher still only feels half formed as it gallops in onto screens but henry cavill brings brawny charisma to a series teeming with sub- subversive fantasy elements and dark humor yeah so it's one of those it's not necessarily a bad thing yeah like bad bad well, response who would you at say all? is like more dark would you say game of thrones was way more dark or witcher game of thrones yeah okay there's I a think lot more another humor reason in the i kind of you know, i'm i'm kind of getting into the witcher a little bit more is kind of the uh hunt of the week kind of that they have going on mm-hmm. i'd say witcher does their hunt of the week way better than the mandalorian did their hunt of the week because i, I feel like uh we're getting a more complete story for you know the character of Geralt than we did for the mandalorian because the mandalorian there's just too much of a mystery box is like who's the mandalorian and what, yeah. what's this baby yoda and there was too much of it whereas this it's like because it's happening over decades it's like we're really seeing the key moments in Geralt's life to make him the way he is you know like what happened to his friend and oh i guess you haven't gotten to what happens to his friend what happens to him what happens with him and you know yennefer their whole relationship how it formed Mm -hmm. and where it ends at like 
that's way more interesting, way more intimate um, of a thread. Whereas the only real thread in Mandalorian, as much as I love it as a like standalone Star Wars story, the only thread from one episode to another is the Mandalorian and the baby Yoda, but they don't pull enough at that thread to really like by the end of the eight episodes you have no idea even what the race of baby yoda is called so much so that the only thing that you can call it is baby yoda (laughs) because you don't know what to call it it doesn't have a name and that's frustrating to the point where it's just like you know having bill burr on an episode super cool it was a really good episode but it's so much its own thing that it's actually more frustrating than Witcher, where each episode is kind of its own thing. It has its own theme. It has its own morale, whatever. But it's shaping the rest of the season. And I just don't feel like The Mandalorian did that enough. Yeah, and what's funny is I think I would have liked to see these series switch the way they came out. I think I would have much preferred to binge Mandalorian and then have uh, The Witcher be week to week. Yes, absolutely. I could totally agree with that. Because like 1,000%, Because actually. with The Mandalorian, um, after the first episode, and I was talking with my friend Anthony about this, after the first episode, I we were glad that they're doing it week to week because it's one of those that the Baby Yoda thing is... When that first happened on the first episode, it was such a giant deal. Like, mm-hmm. Yoda has... George Lucas made it a specific thing. Like, we are not going to have another... Yoda like this is the only kind of his species Yoda is the only person of his species kind of thing so no one was Mm -hmm. ever able to do it the fact that they were able to do it and this is going to be I think a very poignant plot in Star Wars lore the fact of that was such a huge deal that it gave us time to like if it was bingeable that wouldn't have been such a big deal but I think because it was week to week it got more people talking and it was better. But the downside of that is you had episodes like episode five, which was probably the worst episode of the season. The one when he goes which to one Tatooine, was one? the one when he goes to Tatooine and fights uh, Mulan. <laughs> oh yeah. That one was pretty, yeah. it was good. Um, but yeah, like it, it just kind of happened. and see that one, like I said, it's the hunt of the week and sometimes you're going to have a bad hunt. Whereas, back to the witcher it was very much here's the hunt of the week he's Mm. hunting this thing this week this thing that week but everything really felt like it was together whether that be because of yennefer's storyline pulling everything together or series storyline everything felt together whereas each episode of the mandalorian just feels like things are happening and i'm not saying that those things are boring or that they were badly executed i'm just saying that they're kind of just happening i you know it's like we were talking about on our um uh on our video uh action what makes a good action movie mandalorian to a certain extent feels like a passive uh, protagonist in the sense that he's making the decision to go get a bounty, but it seems like things are just happening around him versus him having an exact control over them. Mm-hmm. And then the Witcher, I just feel like he's a more active protagonist. He has a more active mark in every single storyline. 
Yeah, it's one of those that I think going forward, I think I do agree with Netflix's idea of with their programming doing week to week. Um, because I think what I'm noticing a lot in terms of the zeitgeist with everyone else is how we had two huge series come out on Netflix. Um, well, Witcher being one and then season two of you coming out and those seem like they're just flash the pan. Like they come out that first week, everyone's talking about it. And then after that, everyone's binged it and everyone's done. The conversation is over and you have stuff like the Mandalorian, which overall I think was a phenomenal show. There are definitely some episodes that were like, okay, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. If you know this about me, you know I love Star Wars. So whenever I'm being critical, it's kind of one of those. It's like, hey, there's some things here that were just kind of, yeah. um, The Mandalorian, and especially with Baby Yoda, because he was so damn adorable, or he is so damn adorable, Mm -hmm. um, that is still in the conversation. Mandalorian is still in the conversation. It ended two weeks ago. So it's one of those, I see where Netflix and where Disney's coming from in some ways with doing these week to week episodes instead of binging. So it's, it's also interesting to think about how we got away from serialized TV to binging and now we're going back to serialized TV. (laughs) True, 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 true. All right, so that's what we've been watching. What are you guys up to? What are you streaming? What are you binging? Let us know in our uh, comments below, or you can go to Twitter at TX3Productions or on our Discord, which is always on in the description. So let's move on to Nerd Would You Rather. you rather simple premise in this particular case it's going to be uh nerd related so movies shows comic books everything so let's start it off with a real good thinker and that is would you rather every movie is directed by steven spielberg or quentin tarantino So at first, I thought this was going to be hard, um, but I think this one's an easy one for me. I would say Quentin Tarantino. Yeah? Okay, so why? Because every Quentin Tarantino movie has his style to it, mm-hmm. but it's also a different kind of movie. Okay. In a okay. way. So they're, they're, all of them are complex to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also all very graphic, so that would desensitize a lot of people. Uh, I mean, very yeah. graphic in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, um, and it's one of those where you have Steven Spielberg, on the other hand, <clears throat> he makes phenomenal movies, but they're very Hollywood big budget action movies. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they're not, they're not something like, like the best comparison you can have would be Django versus Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm, Django mm-hmm. is a pretty simple front to back recovery story, um, you know, adventure story. Uh, and glorious bastards is half French foreign movie and half Brad Pitt, American. We're going to do one thing, one thing only killing Nazis. So it's like, it's kind of one of those, there's a, there's a give and take to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have something like ready player one, big budget action movie, Jurassic park, big budget action movie. So it's one of those that I feel like you would have more variety with Quentin Tarantino. Um, plus imagine a Quentin Tarantino frozen. That would be phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to build a snowman? Um, so I'm going to have to 100% disagree because, um, Quentin Tarantino. I love him. I love him all. I love all his films. 
Um, I feel like he does have a very distinct style. Having said that, the Quentin Tarantino style is not for everyone. There are certain movies where he... He is definitely known for his dialogue, but at the same mm-hmm. time, sometimes there can be too much. There yeah. can be too much dialogue. There can be too much going on at once. There can be just too much. So even though he has a very particular style, he also likes to jerk off about his style because it just goes on sometimes for way too much. Anybody could agree with pretty much any Tarantino movie if it was like, 15, 20 minutes shorter, it wouldn't kill the story. Yeah. But there's just sometimes that he just, he very much embellishes, you know. Steven Spielberg, you know, I don't know. Well, also, you did kind of point out, like, you know, there'd be a desensitization if there was just so much violence all the time. You know, that's also assuming that every Quentin Tarantino would continue to be a rated R movie, which, you know, his particular style, yeah, they probably would be. Steven Spielberg might be a better chance because I could see him making a rated G or PG movie, you know, Goonies. I could also see him making a rated R movie and it wouldn't feel that different. You know, the difference between a, you know, a Goonies and a Jurassic Park or whatever is miles different. I would say even more different than a Quentin Tarantino movie because you're going from a very kid-friendly movie to a horror movie that has dinosaurs in them. You know, then you're going back to Ready Player One, you know, and that's very much a family film in the sense of it's kid-oriented because video games, but it also came out at a time where a lot of parents are having kids and they're also gamers, you know, and so I feel like it came out at the right time. You know, a lot of people don't agree with me, but, you know, screw those people. <laughs> I guess I guess when you can say... Like, if you include, like, produced, because produced does have a, like, can be very different, mm-hmm. I would give it to Spielberg, because, like, like some of his top movies, you've got, like, Minority Report, you've mm-hmm. got Lincoln, Terminal, actually, these aren't top known, these are my favorites, um, <laughs> right. you've got Saving Private Ryan, you know, Jurassic Park. Right, I mean, uh, but see, that, stuff that's like my produced, point, uh, Saving so Private much... Ryan, rated R, Goonies, yeah. PG. So it's like you have the entire gambit. Whereas like Tarantino, I feel like you would get R all the time, which wouldn't be a bad yeah. time thing in sometimes. But sorry, go on. I didn't mean to run. No, you're good. Yeah, with with his with him producing, I mean, there's a lot of different variety there. So, so you have turned me. You have changed my ideals on that. However, to be contrarian, I will say I will say Tarantino still. Um, but I can. You've talked me into Spielberg. Yeah. I mean, to the point of Quentin Tarantino is that with Tarantino, every movie would at least be good. I will 100% admit that with me choosing Spielberg, I have to admit that there will be some stinkers. War Horse, good movie, but dear God, that was a boring ass movie, you know? So Quentin Tarantino, at least like the one thing that you can say about Quentin Tarantino is the fact that he is very much in love with films and the the joy of making films and what it takes to make a film so you could guarantee that in a universe where everybody made quentin tarantino like films or he was the only one to make films is that every movie would be a good movie technically so i mean every movie would be a love note to movies 
every move. If it was a Western, it would be a love note to Western. If it was a crime noir, it would be a love note to crime, crime, crime noir. Crime noir. So yes, I am admitting that by by me choosing Steven Spielberg, there will be some stinkers, but also Steven Spielberg, I just feel like there is so much more variety. I could get a child's movie that I could go see with my with my daughter. I could get something like that. Not saying Quentin Tarantino couldn't make something, but if he did that, he also wouldn't really feel like a full Quentin Tarantino movie so therefore wouldn't be a Quentin Tarantino movie so see what I mean so so yeah I mean I'll definitely give Quentin Tarantino that but variety and just the overall like what Steven Spielberg has done to the industry you know I just feel like without without him continuing that without like yeah so that's my answer and it wasn't to be contrarian it was because uh, yeah Okay. <laughs> it was because, uh, yeah. I'm just going to throw that one out there for you. I'm um, Next Jeez, one for uh, Would You Rather. I felt like we would stick with the Witcher Mandalorian conversation. So, which one would you rather marry? And just to be clear, this isn't, you know, f- marry, kill. This is 100%. Which one would you like to marry? Which one you feel like would be a good companion? that would love you, respect you, you would love and respect them. So I just don't want anybody to think that we're like, just like, oh, this is the one I would like to, uh. That's not what we're talking about here, okay? So which one would you like to marry? Cara Dune, which is the girl from Mandalorian, or Yennefer, the girl from Witcher? So this one is actually harder because yeah. they're both good. So so this one's a, a little bit harder for me because I haven't seen how she's a companion to Geralt. Geralt, I'm gonna get raped in over seen, the coals. Well, you have kind of seen that, like her powers and everything. I've so, seen like, her seen powers. Her. I haven't seen her in comparison, like yeah. how okay. Kara has been with the Mando and the Mandalorian. So, oh, I don't. I, I honestly don't know. I, I, hmm. I think I'm gonna have to pick Kara Dune <laughs> because. I like the idea of her being she's very much a a she is loyal, she is a protector. She wants to do I mean, it's not that she wants to do nothing but good cuz I mean she has done some bad, but <laughs> she knows how to take care of herself and mm-hmm. it's one of those that I I think it would be very much dynamic duo kind of situation whereas with Yennefer so far from what I've seen of her I already feel like I can't trust her in some ways. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it could be one of those things that's like, I don't, especially with what the way they're making it portraying of witches and like witchcraft, very sneaky and conniving. Mm -hmm. I feel like I would have to pick Cara Dune. Yeah. I mean, you make a compelling point as far as, you know, Yennefer, you're not sure if you can, um, you know, trust her. I mean, spoilers like there is a arc to her in the whole series and so you might change your answer um but in general um it the the hardest thing is that if we were gonna go the male route the alpha male route and go purely by looks they're both beautiful actresses um they both um portray themselves um Yennefer maybe a little bit more overtly sexual, but at the same time reserved enough, I think. Um, so they're not both just like in your face, like, 
I don't like a porn star or something like that. Just like mm. ready to go, basically. And so I really appreciate that about both their characters. Um, and then on the one side, like you said, very loyal, very um, military. She could take care of herself. Yennefer, she only wants to take care of herself. So, but once right. again, there is an arc. There is an arc by the end. Um, and I do feel like uh, that. You know, both of them, in the sense, have a tattered past, and but they're good people underneath it all, and so it makes it hard in the sense of. So then we got to go down to we're not we're not worried about looks, we're not worried about their background because we know they both have tattered backgrounds. So now let's go to, you know, which one would be just a better companion in the sense of you know like. If I'm going on an adventure, you know, like which one would I want more on an adventure? And I feel like as much as uh, Cara Dune, just, you know, she can definitely take care of herself. She's very, um, she's very adept at a lot of weapons and maybe piloting and, and things like that. But Yennefer is a freaking wizard. <laughs> so it's like, you know, <laughs> we're in the middle of somewhere. We need something to eat. And she could just be like you know, uh, Lingardian Leviosa and boom, there's a, there's a nice fish and it's already cooked and everything, you know? And so like having a wizard, I feel like would be, would be better in that sense because on every other front, I feel like they're pretty equal, you know, their character, their looks, their backstory, all those are pretty equal. So it really does come down to would I rather have a wizard or would I rather have somebody who's like really good at guns and stuff? So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think I would have to go with Yennefer, you know. Also, I'm going to throw this curveball at you. Okay. Remember from what they're setting up in The Witcher as far as this world when it comes to magic, there's a give and there's a take. True. So very there's true. a good chance. Like there's, there's, if you're trying to create life or trying to create something, you're creating death in some other ways. They mm-hmm. illustrated that in the beginning. True. So there's a good chance Ooh. that you could be a sacrifice. <laughs> no, I didn't think about this. She can't have kids. So does that mean That's like, true. if I, like if I married her, would I never be able to have a kid or something? That's something I never thought of. So thank you yeah. for bringing that up. Oh man. But would a character like Cara Dune even want kids? Ooh, because she mm, she well, might one know. Of those at, she, if the battle was finished, true, maybe. Yeah, okay, okay. Hmm. But no, you bring up a really good point that almost makes me want to change my answer because yeah, she can't have kids, and oof. I mean that shouldn't be that shouldn't be what a woman's for. Let's not be sexist, Nate. Gosh. It's totally you, not me. Um, or whatever. Shut, <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. No, you know, I think I still would because, yeah, I, I really feel like it comes down to, you know, wizards. You know, not only that, but I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess if we are talking about personality, I also kind of like uh, the witticism that Yennefer has, and you know how she interacts and everything. So that might be spoilerific for you, Nate. Get to watch the damn show. How about that? Okay. Um, so yeah. So I, th- I think I would choose Yennefer. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So uh, so we're pretty much equal out in terms of I picked Tarantino, you picked Spielberg, mm-hmm. I picked um, Cara Dude, you picked Yennefer. So that's pretty much equal out there, I would say. Yeah. All okay. right. So real quick, Witcher or Mando? 
which man would you have your lawfully wedded man or witcher? <laughs> I mean, can I just God, say, that's I don't know if I can marry somebody who always has a damn helmet on. Let's just go there. And Henry Cavill, I mean, I wasn't going to go animalistic on the women because that would be super sexist. But come on, Henry effing Cavill versus Pedro Pascal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Has nothing to do with, you know, him in particular. But Henry effing Cavill, it's like now if you said like, um, oh, I just lost it. Oh, God. I just lost it. Crap. Who's the guy? From uh, 21 Jump Street, the the buffer one. Channing Tatum? Channing T- Why did I forget that? Like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, if you gave me a choice between Channing Tatum and Henry Cavill, I feel like then it would be a little bit harder because they're both buff, and they both do have a sense of humor. So that would be harder. But we're <laughs> sorry, Pedro. I'm so sorry. I know you're listening to this particular podcast right at this very second. But I'm sorry, Pedro. If we're going Henry Cavill versus Pedro, ugh, ugh. Makes my my girl loins very moist. 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 <laughs> um, oh man, that's hard. That that really is hard. Uh, like Henry Cavill's muscles. Hey oh. Um, <laughs> no, it's one of those that's like. I probably would have to say Witcher, just yeah. uh, or Henry Cavill, just based on the fact or Geralt. Why did I say three different names? Just based on the <laughs> fact that um, Mandalor- like pa- Pedro Pascal and Henry Cavill are both two sides of a completely different coin, but it's one of those that they're both attractive, but both like kind of the best of them in in different categories for the most part. I have the best yeah. way to put it. I mean, Henry Cavill is freaking Superman, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, um, which still is perfect Superman casting. But I would have to say if we're based on characters, it would be probably Geralt because um, I feel like with the Mando, uh, with the Mandalorian, that's Mando's Mandalorian for short, if you didn't know. Fact check. Um, (laughs) They're more, like at least the guild that he's a part of, like this version of the Mandalorians, they're more religious. They're, in Mm -hmm. a way of they're Mm -hmm. more rich, not ritualistic, um, They have practices that are like, you know, you can't take off your helmet or else you're, you're shot yeah, for right. whatever. Whereas the Witcher, he's a part of basically... The Witcher Guild seems to me very simplistically like the... Um, Winchesters? No, I was going to say... The, well, yes, kind of actually. But I was going to say more like the the... Oh, God. What is it from Game of Thrones? Castle Black, the the brother... Not the Brotherhood. The yeah, ask me, but <laughs> yeah, um, where in terms of they're a guild, but they're more separate. Like they're they're each individual person. They just have yeah. standards, not practices that are like religious practices kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I would have to say it'd probably probably be more fun and as a companion and more simple to be Geralt than the Mando. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that neither one of us are taking into account is that from the Mando and the Witcher, I don't think either of them are, like, allowed to get married. Like True. Um, so this conversation is pointless, then? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but if we could is obviously the 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 uh, ellipses there is if we could. Um, you know, I, yeah, it, I think it does come down to, the, like, there's too much mystery to the Mandalorian, and I do feel like... Um, I do you feel know like, who Geralt is. 
Yeah, I feel like I know so much more about Geralt, even though he's still very closed off and he would he would I would have to live with that. I would have to uh, I would have to live with him being very closed off. But at the same time, there is so much more character. I'm sorry. Spoilers for you, Nate. There is so much more character to the Witcher versus the Mandalorian. It's just he is kind of just him. And it's just like. He's so worried about the next hunt or whatever. And the only characterization we really get other than, yeah, he's a good guy is the baby Yoda. And that's really it for the Mandalorian. Maybe season two will take it into really new areas. But as far as that, it's like, that's it. You know, that's it. So it's like the Witcher, like there's just so much more to go off of. So even though they might not both be able to even get married, you know, hypothetically, It's just, I feel like in that particular sense. So taking the animalistic side of me and putting that aside. um, Yeah, I feel like if they could get married, I feel like the Witcher would just be more. There'd just be more to him, even though he's very stoic. So, yeah. 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 So you guys let us know, would you rather Steven Spielberg, Quentin Tarantino, Cara Dune or Yennefer or uh, Mando or... Geralt. So let us know. All right. So it's that time of the week. <laughs> you hurt yourself on that? That, that, that sounded very difficult. <laughs> so, all right. It's that time of week. We're going to choose the rando movie of the week. You guys go watch it. It's going to be like a book club. You watch it. Give your impressions. We'll give our impressions in the next episode. And you might even end up on the show if you give your impressions. So, Nate. Give me a a one, two, or a three. Um, let's, let's do two. Okay, that was Netflix. <laughs> okay, okay. So then I'm gonna go to movies. Okay, all right. Uh, give me a number between one and ten. Five. Five. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. We're in comedies. Not bad. Now give me another okay. one. One to ten. Seven. Okay. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven. <laughs> okay, so it's John Mulaney and the sack back lunch or sack lunch bunch. <laughs> Ooh, I will take it. I can give me some more John Mulaney. I'll take it. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's a Christmas special, so. <laughs> So I haven't seen it. So this is great. I, I haven't, haven't either. So I haven't yeah, seen work. it. So this will be perfect. Uh, so John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. Uh, so that is the Rando Movie of the Week. If you don't have Netflix, who are you as a person? No, I'm just kidding. Borrow <laughs> it, steal it, take it from someone. Yeah, figure it. You'll you'll figure it out. You'll you'll be fine. You'll be fine. But that's the Rando Movie of the Week. So go check that out. Give us your impressions on either Twitter at tx3 Productions, Discord in the link or in the description down below 
Um, or you can just get to us directly at threatx3productions at gmail.com and let us know your impressions on it. What do you think about it? Best part, worst part, you know, yada, yada, yada. Let us know and you can end up on the next show when we end up talking about it. So that's your homework for the week, guys, because we're nerds and we like homework. Um, it was too obvious once I pointed it out. Damn it. Yeah, it was. You ruined that joke. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, also, if you wouldn't mind, let us know how do you like the new format. It's not super different, but it's different enough. We kind of want to know what do you guys think about it? What do you what do you like about it? Everything. Let us know what, what you guys think. Um, I was your host, Nick. And I was your host, Nate. And thank you for turning in to Nerd Radio, where you can always talk nerdy to me.